Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, America. <laughs> Yeah, I want to talk about this uh, real briefly, this case in Chicago. Remember when I sent you the thing? I was like, shit like this makes me question my stance on the death penalty. Yeah, I want to mention that up top. And in a very brief uh, exchange I had with my mother, I want to open with that because it's just funny how fucking radically centrist pilled she is. (laughs) All right. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monterullo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? I'm um, doing good. I had a conversation with my mother recently. Um, remember, we were talking about, I don't know, last week, I think, we were talking about uh, mass murderer Dr. Henry Kissinger uh, being the voice of reason on Ukraine, saying that we need to negotiate, we need to stop sending <laughs> uh, weapons there because it's going to create a problem that we're not going to be able to resolve quickly. And I was... I was telling this to my mother that how you know he was at uh, this um, you know World Economic Forum or whatever, and said that you know Russia's been a stabilizing force for Europe for the last four hundred years. My mom's like scoffs basically. She's like, yeah, right. And I was like, I'm, I mean, they have like, mom, who do you think defeated Nazi Germany? And she wait, she pauses a second. She goes, well, I'm sure they had something to do with it. <laughs> It's like, uh, you know, I mean, they they showed up, you know, somewhere along the way and, uh, you know, uh, committed to uh, 20 million casualties on their side to take out the greatest threat in the history of the world. It's, it's like saying, uh, you know, it's like, like saying, I think, Luke, oh, yeah, Luke Skywalker had something to do with blowing up the Death Star. But I mean, how, how big of a factor was he really in, in that, you know? Like, <sighs> As a, uh, mom, who do you think liberated all the fucking death camps, all the concentration camps? Who, who oh, well, fucking, America, of course. Who who took Berlin? Who it wasn't the U.S. <laughs> so yeah, it's just just like fucking so ahistorical. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I, I was like, all right, so I'm, I, I got done with that, and I just you know just looked it up because I was like, you know, how many how many Americans died in Europe in World War II uh, compared to the? I mean, if you if you count all the civilians that died in the Soviet Union too. Uh, it's 27 million. 27 Jesus million Christ. people uh, lost their lives fighting Nazi Germany. You know how many Americans d- d- died fighting Nazi Germany? 300,000. Wow. Th- 300,000, which is still a huge sacrifice. It's, I was going to say, yeah. prob- I, I, my yeah. guess is going to be about a quarter of a mil, so that's pretty close. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's- like we, we tell ourselves this fantasy that like we beat the Germans. I mean, we beat the fucking... 
Japanese for the most part, except, you know, the part at the very end where Stalin was about to invade and then they really got afraid. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's so ridiculous. That's so much bullshit propaganda. So fucking propaganda. Fucking shit old country. But, um, yeah, I had yeah. something else. Uh, I, I sent you a thing earlier, uh, or last week, might even been before we recorded, but it was, I learned some more details about this, but I sent you this story here in Chicago. Uh, and I sent, I sent it to the group chat or to you. I don't remember, but I was yeah, just like, I shit, shit like this makes me question my stance on the death penalty because, uh, somebody set a homeless man on fire and he's a famous homeless man. Everyone knows he has like his, his nickname is like the walking man. Cause he just like walks up and down the streets of Chicago and he's not, you know, doesn't hurt anybody. He's like 75 years old. <sighs> and while he was asleep, somebody decided to, uh, douse him in gasoline, light him on fire and then run away. And he, the guy flailed around trying to put the fire out on his body and then uh, passed out and he continued to burn for three minutes. Jesus Christ. And, you know, it's about uh, 50% of his body's burned. And so it was actually, yeah, but not for long. Not for long. Jesus they don't expect Christ. him to survive. Yeah, I mean, um, my God. Yeah. So his name is uh, Joseph. Carmelis, known as the walking man because he can uh, constantly walk downtown streets no matter the season, was burned over 50% of his body, uh, is currently sedated at Stroger Hospital with non-survivable uh, non injuries, the prosecutor said. Uh, after his arrest in a videotape statement, Joseph uh, Guardia, 27, told investigators he found the cup of gas in the garbage and wanted to set something on fire and said that he thought he was just burning a pile of blankets. Like, why would why off, would you do you that know? either? No, that that's total bullshit. And they that's even said on, on the see, the whole thing's on video too. It was actually a surveillance camera underneath Trump Tower that got this on camera. <laughs> and in the even in the video, you can see his head and legs protruding out from under the the blankets that were on top of him. So even in the video, you can see it. And the and the guy that lit him on fire stood there for over a minute, waiting. Like just standing there, looking at the sky before he he walks over, gets this, and he says he found the cup of gasoline in a dumpster. It, it, of all the things that never happened, that never happened the most. <laughs> right, right. Somebody you know, threw away. You know, fucking expensive gases right now. You think right. somebody's really going <laughs> to throw away? No one's throwing away gasoline, <laughs> especially not in a cup, a McDonald's cup. Um. So yeah, it, and I mean, the judge and the prosecutor were like, you know, in in our entire careers, we've never heard of something this evil. You know, like, like, yeah. what do you, what do you, I mean, that guy was just a complete sociopath and just wanted to fucking yeah. literally see what a person looked like when he, when he set him on fire. And that was yeah. just the easiest thing to do. Guy, guy also has a giant dollar bill tattooed on his cheek. So, uh, pretty easy to identify, uh, from the video. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, it's, in, it's just, it's like, even the, even the prosecutor was like, he didn't do this out of revenge. He didn't do this because he, you know, had any kind of motive whatsoever. He just simply wanted to watch another human being burned to death in agony. You know, and it, it's 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 like, what do you do? What do you do with something like that? You know, that's that's not like someone just I, like, I, like I don't know the answer. I don't know what to do with people like that. I you know, I it's just it's it's tough. Like, that's why, you know, we, we talk about and I still am opposed to the death penalty on moral grounds. And, you know, I, I just don't know what you do with people like that, because, like, how do you let people like that into society? But then again, those are always the the absolute fucking monster worst case scenarios that people use to justify, you know, people who have no business being, you know, kept in jail for the rest of their lives, actually getting, you know, kept in jail for the rest of their lives or even getting killed by the state. It's like a, it, it's just fucking, 
you know, I, I really don't know. I think, you know, I think smarter people than me have probably studied it and have solutions to these sort of situations, but I mean, fuck, I don't know. Like, and I also don't think these things happen nearly with nearly as much frequency as they do in America, in other countries where they don't have such a fucking, you know, fucked up mental health system and a fucked up criminal justice system. And, you know, it it, it all fucking feeds into each other. You know, well, this guy wasn't from Chicago either. He was from the suburbs. So, again, right there. Like, well, that's where the real fucked up murders happen is in the suburbs. Like you, you hear of like, you know, crimes of, of desperation in the cities, but the real fucked up shit always is like a guy. I mean, I, I, I work with somebody who, who is, uh, married to, to a cop actually, ironically enough. And, um, she was telling me this story about like uh, this, this, uh, case her husband had where like this guy fucking, uh, lured like he had two uh, a son a daughter and his wife he lured each one to the basement slit each one of their throats piled them on top of each like one at a time not like all at once piled them on top of each other and then went like out into main street in the town and like shot himself in the middle of uh main street so you know just just and because he was caught embezzling and yeah it just like uh, you know, that—that's the kind of shit you get in the suburbs. Not like why? You know, I mean, wait, what, what, I, I, I couldn't even begin to. Who fucking know? People are fucking nuts, man. Like, I don't know. So what happens when you take Jesus out of out of the schools? That's what happens. <laughs> so what happens when you put too many fucking doors in your house? Is is you have too many opportunities for? I mean, for shit like that to you, happen. You, you you put a door on a hospital and somebody's gonna walk in and shoot people. I like just you're asking for it. You're asking well, for it. Yeah, and before we get into the heavy stuff, because obviously we have, we have heavy stuff to talk about this week, we should we should talk about some bullshit because a lot of um, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend and it's kind of like a, one of the big release windows for new uh. New content, and new content, content. <laughs> you know, <laughs> new streaming uh, content. I hate that oh, from God. Apple Disney Plus TV Land. Yeah, right. So, yeah, a couple of things came out. Stranger Things season four, part one <laughs> came out, um, which you know is the first seven episodes of the season. They they basically held off the finale of the season for another month or so, which yeah. I actually thought was like a good move because typically what always happens with Stranger Things is. It comes out, everybody watches it and talks about it for a week, and then it kind of fades from the discourse for another two yeah, years. Yeah, I, I think the whole pump and dump thing uh, does a disservice to shows when you just binge the whole thing and then you like never think about it again. I mean, like, right. letting people process each episode for at least a week before you get the next one is just better marketing. You know, people are anticipating it and they're thinking about it for a longer period of time. You can sell more toys that way, right? <laughs> right. Um, but that said, I mean, I, I think you're a bigger fan of the show and I think every season that's come out, I've liked less than the one prior to it. And really? Interesting. Yeah. I feel like the really fir- the first season was great and then it was like, okay, how do we just keep doing that over and over and over? It's like, well, if you just keep doing that over and over and over, it's it loses its flavor. It's not special anymore. See, like I thought last season with Hopper was like the best he's ever been characterization wise. Like I agree with stuff. that, but still the show is not just over, him. Overall, I know I, I get. And they I get keep your point. packing in more and more people. And the first season is great because everyone had a role to play. Every, they were all working together to you know do the thing. And then it's like, well, let's bring in some more people, and then some more, and then some more. And finally, it's like, well, do you really have a story to tell for with all this this many people? Do they, you know, you're just like so struggling to find <laughs> shit for them to do, and then the scenes have no impact at that point for me. Well, well like one thing that they did that was kind of funny is that they they mostly kind of completely sidelined uh, Jonathan this season, 
which is probably because he got caught like with cocaine in an airport and they were like, well, we can't kill him off, but like, what's the way we could make him like as little, like at least relevant as possible is basically just like make him a fucking stoner and give him a stoner buddy and like make them, you know, fucking like the two dude where's my car guys and like have them in, you know, right. five scenes which, in the entire series. Exactly. Well, and, and if you're, you know, if, if your only role on a show is to be the, um, you know, the, the comedic character, like that's bad writing, you know, like you want everyone to have good, funny lines, not just like tossed to the right. fucking stoner guy to say something dumb. Like that to me, that doesn't entertain me at all. Bores me. Yeah. And, and again, I think I, I really think that was more of a product of like, they kind of didn't really know what to do with him because he wasn't, I don't think they wanted to like make him like a huge prominent character just for fear of like, you know, what, what may kind of, result from this but they also didn't really want to kill him off because it wouldn't you know i i kind of get like not using him as much but i mean to the point where you're saying they they introduced a lot of new characters i you know they're the the, his stoner buddy is like a total nothing character i actually kind of liked eddie the 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 new like i thought he was a bit much in the first episode but as it went on i kind of really it took more of a liking to him. He, he's basically like the, the one I don't the even older, know their names, so I don't know which person the, that the, is. The one, the one that they they think that that they think killed the 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 cheerleader, the guy who's on the run the whole. Yeah, he didn't really make an impression on me one way or the other. Like you're supposed to think he's crazy, and then he's sort of, but then well, not, like then yeah, he... like right after he after he got over the initial like you know showmanship, I thought he was kind of a more interesting like sort of in, you know but whatever i mean it's so I just i mean i i the I, hopper I stuff so... i thought sucked this season like that's he is fucking just completely from like the best character last season to right and nearly well, he, irrelevant. He, had, he had one scene of actually doing well i guess two scenes of actually doing something and the rest of the time he's just fucking getting punched and justifying know. the vietnam war and like it, yeah it's, like, it's weird like weird shit i'm like come on well, guys it, like this is you know, killing me. it makes me feel like what they really should have done is because because the end of season three was so great with they that should just let him stay dead that, like that mono yeah exactly the, he had such a great monologue at the I, end of that I, episode I the out when, when yeah. she was reading the letter from him and then at the end of the episode you're like oh no he's sorry right. and I, like okay at least if they're, he's still alive they're gonna have you know some great story to tell with him being you know like no he just literally just like sits in a cell the whole time and he breaks out and gets captured immediately and that's it and then they, they wanted to do shawshank with with hopper and i get the instinct <sighs> right. but it just didn't work i like it it's it just not it, it's it, and again it's still just like are you really doubling down on this fucking you know hatred of russia and then like you're trying to work that into the show um and it, it's just I don't know. It's just really over the top. And I, and I don't think that like, it's supposed to be a realistic portrayal, but again, it's just, yeah. I mean, the show has always been watch it or not getting that point though, which is the issue. And, like and, oh like uh, peanut butter is banned in Russia. Like give me a fucking break. Peanut butter wasn't banned oh, in the Soviet uh, Union. No. I actually maybe, looked this maybe up. Maybe American made peanut butter might have been banned. Well, so it wasn't even banned. It was just very difficult to get because of all the you know the tariffs and import you know like uh, you know trade embargoes and things like that. So it was yeah, very sanctions. difficult to get. But it wasn't like you are not allowed to have American peanut butter. We'll shoot <laughs> you or send you to the gulag if we find you with peanut but like it's just not a thing oh, yeah, i know it's, it's so ridiculous well and i have, I have a little uh, uh, kind of a big problem with the whole arc with um 11's character too where it's just like it just feels like it's trauma porn 
You know, like, let's just see how much trauma, like, like, and then they try to work that into the show where it's like, well, we have to have her relive this trauma to, to re-trigger her powers to come back. And it's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to focus on that like the whole fucking season. Cause that's, I just wish Paul you know, Reiser didn't, wasn't yeah on board for that. Cause I always liked him on the show and I feel like he's always been the right. good. Well, and that was the great part was because you're expecting Paul Reiser from aliens. They really play against that expectation <laughs> right. and just to find out he's actually good was such like a great device you know like right. you know it's, it's like 2000 the movie or movie version 2010 when you're when they they go and they restart up hell on on the ship and you're like uh but is he still evil you can't tell right. <laughs> and they they use that for all it's worth and it's great because you're just like you're expecting him to kill everyone all over again and he ends up you know well he's it's fucking computer but whatever um yeah and it's just it's like matthew modian's acting is so fake and like i get you're not supposed to like him but it's just it's so like nobody would ever it's voluntarily always been work with character. a person like that you know yeah and <laughs> he's it's just, comically it's, evil like he's right just, you know and, and then the the orderly that turns out to be you know spoilers one. right yeah well it's it's like you're gonna see it coming a mile away i was like this is fucking predictable what was that was, they really think i didn't see this coming this was in and, and that guy's acting was so just like I'm like, this is not how human is, beings is interact the, at all. Again, skip ahead 10 minutes if you don't want to hear this, but is he the same guy who's actually in the fucking, the bodysuit of Vecna? Like, I know he is Vecna, but like, is he, because it just, yeah, it, it, it's just a very bizarre, like, I don't know, man, a weird performance, but like, ooh, bet you didn't see this coming a mile of fucking way. Like, yeah, I, I definitely did. Like, this is the big reveal at the end of the episode. Like, that was, like, I thought it was like pretty much known throughout the whole show that this was going to be who the guy was. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's like, I, I don't know. The show just doesn't do for me what it used to. And that's fine. I don't, I don't really well, care, but see, like I, so but two things I enjoyed. Or, well, <laughs> one thing I thought was, was interesting. Sure. And one thing I enjoyed the, the, the I, I do like that. They're not trying, you know, to, to all the like, oh yeah, they are portraying Russia a certain way. They also portray the U S government, you know, in a, in the exact same manner. I mean, you have the fucking right. scene in the beginning, which was fucking horrifying. Like when they have, when they put Hopper in like the gas mask and they, you know, cut off his oxygen. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, I don't need to, it was very just tough to watch like that, that level of torture where it's just, you know, or or, or how about when they, the, uh, the army's putting the other federal agent who's been shot in a fucking hot box. That's what I mean. Like, like, I I don't think the U S government does this to other members of the U S government. That's (laughs) why I was like, they weren't trying to say like one is worse than the other. They're just like, beyond the pale and unbelievable and yeah it didn't make any sense to me right but but i did appreciate that they didn't try that they portrayed you know the americans sure. and the russians torture it wasn't just like oh well the you know the americans are good but we won't stoop to torture because we know that that's not true and historically yes. we're we're huge fans of torture in america um yeah but the government's bad unless you're a police officer that breaks into a government facility uh underground and starts punching his way through all of his problems then you're good fair i mean he's a fucking he's like a barney fife cop he's not like a re- you know, oh, yeah. like he's a fucking- did, did you notice how much uh david harbour was like in his vocalization this whole season was trying to sound as much like harrison ford as possible yeah and he slimmed down and he's, he's got the shit i mean he's really trying to fucking fully action star it up which is which is fine i mean that's oh yeah you know. but there, i mean there was there was a scene i was in the other room um in the plane, was- and i was like I, I swear that's harrison ford and i was like whoa no it's just him really trying to sound like harrison ford <laughs> Uh, nice. If, if they're gonna, if they really are dead set on keep ma- making more fucking Indiana Joneses, I think he's a much better choice than Chris Pratt to be. Not that he God. looks like him, but like as like an actual, 
charismatic person that could pull off that that character i think you'd be a lot better I at guess it. so it's just it's just like what is telling new stories come well, up with new right, characters right but we know that they they, they fucking refuse to do that because yeah. you know but um no well, speaking one... of speaking of telling the same story over and over we did want to mention uh a little bit of obi-wan star wars well, stuff we, too. before we before we get out of uh stranger yeah. things i did the one thing i did like is i really liked max's arc this season and i always feel like she's a little bit just the redhead yeah, yeah. I, I like her a little bit better than most of the kids outside of like L. I think, you know, like Mike is fucking like almost all the male Stranger Things kids are, are varying degrees of annoying to some extent. Like, right. Which is kind of moments. the point, but it's just it's like it you gets know, to be much after a while. I don't, I don't really care about any of them. Honestly, right. <laughs> it's like there, it's it's like. You know, I mean, other than um, what's her name, uh, Ethan Hawke's daughter, Maya Hawke, like, yeah, I, I, I get the sense that like half of her lines she improvised because she can do that. And like nobody else on that set knows how to improvise the way she does because her lines were all actually funny. Right. Cause she's I'm, been I'm, in like, a Quentin Tarantino movie and like she's actually been in right. real shit um, and, and will be, you know, going forward. But um, yeah. But no, I yeah, and she didn't get much to do, unfortunately, this this half a yeah. season. But hopefully, but you know, she steals every scene she's in, and all of her lines were, were funny and natural, and everyone else's lines are not funny, which tells me they don't know how to improv, right? Um, but um, you know, I guess yeah, you you get some leeway to do whatever the fuck you want when you're Ethan Hawke's daughter. But I mean, so like I, you know, and I liked last season. I I I I really liked the 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 kind of you know I, again. I always say like the the show's at at its best when it's dealing with you know, trauma and with the relationships between the character and like between the characters and, you know, obviously all this, this supernatural horse shit's going on around it. And that can be, you know, varying degrees of good and bad, but I, you know, the strongest thing that the show does is it's, it's relationships between the characters. And I really, to me, the, the stuff they did with Billy at the end of last season was really effective with his redemption and where you see that he's, you know, like he's a fucking psycho when you first meet him. And then you realize like, yeah, he's still a psycho, but it's because his father's a fucking abusive piece of shit. And like he he wants to not be such a piece of shit. I mean, and wasn't like, he also like literally possessed by the whatever fucking well, but monster before that? that even, right. And the, b- right. before that, even he was like a psycho and he was like horrible to his his half sister. Yeah. But 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 you see that like he's a product of his own fucking you know of of abuse. That's what happens. Like you you either turn into a fucking psycho yourself, or you're just you know a complete you know introvert and can't function society. But I, so I liked his redemption last season where he he died saving his sister and <laughs> he know. died saving them all. <laughs> <laughs> he died saving capital. No, uh, yeah, he died yeah. saving Sam Goody. But uh, no, but uh, he you know he had a nice redemption last season, and I really like you know max dealing with the trauma of that this season and her episode i thought was the strongest of the seven or whatever we've had this season where she's you know being being uh you know well or whatever haunted by vecna where he's about to fucking you know freddy krueger her her you know the seven days after she watched the ring video or up or whatever (laughs) <laughs> and um you know he, he's very much like a freddy krueger fucking you know avatar in this season it, it's just um, i can't i can't which, get over the voice it's just so comically like it's a little it's a little i'm like, evil look like, at me how evil my voice is it's, it's like straight out of 80s like central like so horror central casting i i corny yeah. it's so corny i can't deal with it i i really like i struggled watching the whole thing and i Almost probably wouldn't even watched it by now if it wasn't for uh, my my partner wanting to watch all of it. But 
anyway <laughs> but but so but i like i really liked the conclusion of that episode and yeah. I, know, I know we we both have varying opinions on that on uh running up that hill the kate bush song but i thought it was a really oh, no, cool I, use of... i like the scene i like the scene i'm just not a big fan of that song in particular. right 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 it kind of, just like it has like a real like stop and start nature to it, it doesn't kind of like flow and carry through but the way they used it in the scene is great and i mean it was it was definitely a pivotal scene it was actually a little uh i think at the premiere uh, one of the writer had a, uh, like a homemade Kate Bush pin on her <laughs> jacket awesome. and she was like, oh yeah, I'm a huge fan of hers. She's like my hero and, you know, probably was instrumental in getting the, the song to use for that. I mean, they just pay the rights for it or whatever, but, uh, right. Speaking of people that are criminally underused this season, Winona, oh man. Yeah. Well, no, I actually, I thought, I, the, I, I, I love the stuff with her and, uh, what's his face. I, I, I like Murray. I, I actually genuinely, they're, yeah, they're funny. They're, they're actually really funny, funny together. <laughs> they are like, he is, I'm glad they brought him back because, uh, because he's one of the people that just can like, whatever the line you give him, he makes it funny. Yeah. Right. No, no, and and sure. he really knows how to, how to sell like the, the overtopness of the show. <laughs> Um, and I love the fucking airplane fight scene. That was my like my favorite scene in the whole thing was right. like because you think he you think he's been talking shit all this time about how what like you know he's a black belt and all this shit and it's like oh no he actually can really fucking fight here right. we go. <laughs> and then later when they break into the prison and he kind of kicks the shit out of everyone you're like right right no I, I totally, totally leaned into that, that role it. yeah. Yeah, I did no, enjoy I, that for sure, for sure. Yeah, but so uh, no, it, you know, I, yeah, we there, there's the good and bad stuff about it, but yeah, so yeah. um, yeah, so I so this most recent episode of Obi Wan I didn't see. The first uh, two episodes were pretty, uh, I don't say polarizing, but they were just pretty lukewarm. I think mo- in in most people's estimation, I didn't see anyone being like, Yo, yeah, these are amazing, blah blah blah, you know. But like, well, I, I, so. Yeah. I, I mean, even even McGregor is amazing. He he does like he embodies his character with everything that I like about Star Wars. But then they have this little kid version of Leia. He's got a rescue, you know, and it's like, oh, they just they made Baby Yoda into Baby <laughs> Leia, right? But she, but she talks this time, right. right? And I just I felt like the kid wasn't well cast because she just she did she doesn't act like real kids act. She acts the way that a child actor acts, right? Like the and, way the kid in fucking um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood acts like the, that Leo's having the conversation with, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean that that girl would have been a better choice for no, she was great. Girl. Though, that, she was a, <laughs> yeah. that was a great performance, but like the way that that like over the top actress kid like, it, actually, yeah. act, you know. No. I, I, I feel you there. <laughs> and, well, well, the thing I, I mean, one of the things I loved the most first two episodes was uh, Moses Ingram, this young woman who's playing uh, Riva. And I loved how how unhinged she seemed because I hate movies where like the villain's supposed to be like, you know, evil and and, you know, like obsessed with finding their prey or whatever. But like their delivery is just so bland, you know, and she really sells this idea to me that like she's got a really fucking personal issue. And like when her voice is totally cracks when she's screaming at him, you know, or when she's like, When she's hunting him and she's like, she's like, Obi-Wan. Like, it was just like that fucking scene from the Warriors, like, come out and play right. with the bottles, you know? Well, she's a thousand times more interesting than the, the fucking egghead Grand Inquisitor guy that, you know, that she runs right. through. So, and, um, that, and that's what I mean is like that just like generically blandly evil, you know, like right. I want someone who's going to steal scenes, right? Like when she fucking lops that woman's hand off, you're just like, yeah, I, I believe that she would really do that. 
that this person does does yeah. not give a fuck. She she was a little inconsistent for me in the first. I, I just thought some of her line reads were not great, but I do like the way she physically embodies the character. If that makes sense, like she, right. I, I I get the sense that she really has a fucking beef with him and well, i wonder you know what I, it is when but. i saw the trailer i was convinced that like okay she's the bad guy but because she's pretty she's gonna you know turn to the good side <laughs> by the end of it and i don't think that anymore <laughs> i don't see no, that happening no, with no, this no. character she's, she's, and I'm she's really not f- making it out of this season i don't right think. i i i am Obi-Wan happy Obi-Wan. when they have a villain that's not redeemable Right, like I, I, maybe she does something redeemable because she of might, something. But I think I, she's redeemable in the sense that she's going to have a tragic. I like. I wouldn't be shocked if the reason she hates him so much is because he's like she was like one of the younglings at the temple, and like all her friends got slaughtered, and like she does. Yeah. She thinks he didn't do enough to help. Because like why? Because first of all, all the 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 uh, fucking sisters or what inquisitors uh, are all like former Jedi or have like force sensitivity so there's gotta yeah, be... maybe it's just i i think that it's got to be more than that it's got to be more than she blame because like you're fighting alongside the people that you're mad that he like let capture you right like what <laughs> it makes no sense right um i mean maybe there's like some stockholm syndrome there mm-hmm. but I, I i i'm glad they're not telling us yet i, I like i'm no, right because if this was boba fett they would have revealed that right away right and be like oh well we had to completely understand the character now so there's nothing new to learn about her Right. right. Like I, I want to not find out and God fucking fucking motorcycles. <laughs> so sound like a fucking deer bike going by outside. No, it sounds like a goddamn plane taking off on my right. street every five minutes. Uh, fucking, um, uh, try to but, fucking collect my thoughts here. Um, but no, I, but like, so, and I, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, she's interesting, but I, 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 I do. I'm interested to see kind of what, what her backstory is and if it is something, you know, more, more involved than that. Well, and, and I love that, like, you know, because uh, Obi-Wan doesn't know Anakin's still alive, let alone that he's Darth Vader. And when she tells him that, she tells him in this moment of weakness to, like, rattle him. I love that. Right. That's like, that, that, that's just like psychologically what, you know, the, the big, re- you know, revealing information to fuck up your enemy's head when they're in a moment of weakness is like what what made the, you know, the the finale of Empire Strikes Back so fucking great. Like, people were just, it blew their minds. They're like, oh my god, it's like, he just chopped his hand off, and then he tells him he's his dad? That's fucking my, what what a mind fuck, right? And that was the best, like, that was where that, where I kind of had more hope for the the series in general, is like, at that last scene, because it, like, Ewan McGregor is a fucking powerhouse actor in this somewhat goofy, you know, universe certainly can be at times, but yeah. him selling like the, the heartbreak of like his best friend who he had to fucking kill or so he thought, you know, because right. he just couldn't fucking redeem him and save him from what the monster he'd become realizing that he's still alive and like leading the fucking empire. Like, his, you know, the, well, the, and the realization, cause it's like every time that he's referenced, uh, you know, Obi-Wan doesn't like, acknowledge the reference it's like he doesn't want to think about anakin right and what happens he doesn't he like he he shows it with his face but he the first time he ever says anakin's name is that moment and then it smash cuts to fucking darth vader in that tank his face up close and you're like that i mean just such a you know kind of predictable edit but it's so effective the way they did that no it was great and um you know and i and i, and I haven't seen the next episode yet but from what i've gathered there 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 might be an interesting confrontation going down that that, (laughs) well a lot uh, of people thought we weren't going to see him till much later towards the end and i 
We'll not spoil anything. But you don't show them at the end of the episode, not have them in the next episode. I mean, it just, you know, that's... I mean, you, I expected there would be another tease. And <laughs> this this next episode, one that came out last night that I stayed up till three in the morning to watch, uh, or two in the morning, whatever, central time, um, More was... That, it's it. The, I mean, the whole episode's good. And one of the things I like is that the dialogue between Obi-Wan and Baby Leia uh, has actual weight to it. Mm. And that I didn't expect to have happen. It's kind of nice and refreshing to have their interactions feel like there's a lot more going on. Right. right? Um, but the big, the big, the big scene uh, was, <sighs> I mean, for, first of all, one of my problems with a lot of episode two was how fake that city looked. You know, like a, a lot of that CGI just yeah. looks flat, right? Because they'll have the background be out of focus, but it's every single thing is the same amount of out of focus. And the same and it, distance. And it's, like. Right. And it, so it looks like a flat wall, right? And if you look at, you know, you look at the trailer for Andor that just came out. None of that looks like the volume. All of it looks like it's fucking real. You know, things that are further away are further out of focus than things that are closer, but still out of focus. That's what giving things depth means right it's called depth of field there's well, different was... degrees anyway so the, yeah. the, the fucking episode last night had none of those problems right mm-hmm. but it had a mm-hmm. um confrontation i will say that made me afraid and it's maybe the first time star wars has scared me that a scene in star wars scared me since i was a little kid hmm. interesting I can I can honestly say that there's never been a scene in any any prequel or sequel or TV show they've done where I felt afraid. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm gonna def- I'm gonna watch it. And so. you know I'm pretty critical of this this franchise too. <laughs> right, it, right. It takes a lot to really get me to the point where I'm not noticing mistakes and things that bug me and flaws in the CGI, and I'm completely invested in a scene and I'm feeling it. Well, I'm really hoping also, and I, and again, this is unrelated, but. The so the time period of this show syncs up uh, perfectly with the the video game that they they came out with a few years ago, Jedi Fallen Order, mm. which which is about uh, this this Jedi Cal Kestis, who's another <clears throat> he like escaped as like a kid more or less, and he kind of had to like grow up on his own, like you know the way you see in the in the early in the series where all the Jedi have to be basically just you know blend in with civilians and not be not be Jedi, but he gets taken on like a crazy fucking adventure where he interacts with a bunch of inquisitors and shit and where the, where the game leaves off and where the sequel that's like still coming out lines up exactly like in the year of that Obi-Wan's coming out. So I'm actually wondering if he's going to show up at some point because he's, um, the, you know, it, it, it would be like you, the, upon first, you know, hearing that you'd be like, ah, whatever, annoying kind of video game time. But like, the story of that game was probably better than anything that Star Wars came has come out with. Certainly in like the main franchise. That's always the, the way it is. Yeah. yeah. The, There's just they, more time to fucking craft. That, the that's, story. that's the thing that Marvel has a leg up on Star Wars with is that Marvel will go into like some of the most obscure <clears throat> uh, comic book storylines and be like, hey, yeah. there's a fucking original idea. Whereas Star Wars is like, oh, we don't want to go too much into the, you know, the non-canical material because it's too off the beaten path of what we've done it's like that's why people are bored <laughs> because you right. you completely have rejected all these other comic books and novelizations and and video games that have some way more creative shit than you've been willing to do before so yeah so credit credit to that there's also another really big revelation uh that comes out in the dialogue where you're just like whoa whoa what what holy shit 
<laughs> so I, I know you're going to watch it tonight, but I, yeah, I'm yeah. very um, <laughs> excited only- to see your take on it because if I'm this enamored about an right, episode of, right. of the Star Wars show, it? how are you going to feel about it? So, or, or, or am I overselling it where you'll be like, oh, I didn't really even get that much from it, which is what I'm worried about. No, nah, I, I doubt it. But and the one thing I was saying to you before we went on air that, that weirds me out about the show is it's like really towing the line of of breaking continuity because you know leia and obi-wan did not really know each other in in, in episode four in uh, new hope the original star wars like she says to him in that opening little like video um you know you serve with my father in the clone wars which is not something you say to somebody that you had this long ass fucking like harrowing like life or death i saved your life sort of eh. I, it, like it it could it's not she's fully, 10 she's right. 10 i mean that's you know? the thing. It's, it's like and you could it, say they've yeah, only been together fine. for like a day or two at most right now and but they better not know. spend more than like two or three more episodes to get like if they spend like a baby yoda mando amount of time together i'm gonna call total bullshit oh I'm yeah like, that would be that would be bullshit you know, although like, you know her, her maybe her memory got wiped well, that's and right they're gonna do some she, bullshit like you know that suddenly she has a british accent for 10 years and then that disappears too <laughs> right well, they're gonna do the fucking thing they do to to fuck to uh c-3po at the end of uh revenge of the sith where they just conveniently wipe his memory so he has no memory right. of it's obi-wan just, or that's how you reverse the retcon <laughs> you just hit a button and boop, his eyes right, turn red. right the deus ex machina button on the back of uh c-3po's yeah. control panel there oh, so yeah one, one thing that bugged me was like when uh when flea and his band of generic bad guys go chasing after her they they like had to comically run slow to not catch up to her oh yeah just like, that was bad this, this, yeah it was, it was really badly bad. blocked it was just it was not 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 yeah. set up well but you yeah, know it, it, either have you know like don't show them in the same frame running in the same direction because that's just like you're gonna yeah, <laughs> realize no. really quickly that an adult male can pretty easily outrun a 10 year old girl uh on any terrain flea so. just famous famous leader of hapless f- gangs of hooligans <laughs> in, <laughs> right in cinema from you know, back to the future to now <laughs> yeah yeah everything what were some of the other ones um, um there was one that I didn't actually see. I forget, but back, but Back to the Future was the first thing that occurred to me because he's, you know, in various gangs in every Back to the Future movie. <laughs> he's fucking Flea, you know. Yeah, yeah, just, yep. just his goofy ass face. Flea yeah. from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I, I don't know. I've ever told the story on the um, on the pod before, but uh, I, I um, aside from seeing them in concert back when I gave a shit about that band, uh, I just randomly saw Anthony Kiedis one day. Really? I just saw him. Yeah. And it's he's like he's one of those people that looks so much what like you expect him to look like that like it's striking. You can't like, yeah, you can't you, you, don't, you don't have him. to do a double take. You just look at him and you go, Hey, there's Anthony Kiedis right there. because uh, <laughs> you know, he's he's got he's fucking covered in tattoos and you can see all his tattoos through his, you know, white shirt. Um, and he's you know, he's Wiry as short as and, right. you expect he is, and he's got a fucking mustache and his hair's, you know, down to his shoulders and whatever. Uh and yeah, I was at a bar. And he was at the bar because he was possibly going to buy the building. And he was just like (laughs) checking out the building, not the bar itself, but the building is what he was. Because, you know, when you're rich, you got to invest in shit. So your money doesn't just disappear overnight. Um, And everyone else in the bar is like murmuring, like, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's totally him. That's totally him. Uh, And then, you know, he kind of he walked around the place and no one no one like bothered him because everyone everyone at this bar is like too cool to go up and right. You know, like, oh, I'm not going to be that guy that goes up and bothers a celebrity. I'm just, you know, happy to be hanging out in the same room as a celebrity. Right. (laughs) And 
And then he left and he hopped into a Hummer with his 21 year old girlfriend and drove away. (laughs) (laughs) Drove drove down to the beach to beat up Keanu Reeves some more with his Nazi surfer gang. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Yeah. So where were we? Anyway, that's pretty much all I had to say about Star Wars, at least until um, the next Californication, great fucking album. Everything, <laughs> everything after that get it fornication <laughs> yeah i was excited for that one because they were gonna bring back what's his name after the fucking oh, heroin Shanti, thing yeah, or whatever Shanti, yeah yeah but I, i'll tell you that one they did back in 1994 with uh what's his name on the guitars like that that one holds up pretty good too uh and then after that i never gave a shit it was just it was just like all right i've heard it all they look like they're just rehashing old shit at that point so was that which one was that not not blood sugar sex <clears throat> Uh, no, it's the one they did with the guy who always wore the fucking eyeliner. What's his name? Oh, Dave Navarro. Yeah, yeah that yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a good album. I forget what was on that, but I forget shit was on that. Yeah. Um, was it called One Hot Minute? Was that the name of the album? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 But but for, but John Frusconti was so fucking like integral to the sound of that band too. Just his, his guitar shit. Like it seems simple, but like when you actually try to play it as a guitarist, you're like, Oh, okay. This is, this, this is fucking next level. You know, just, just the, the melodic nature of, of his little fills and the shit that he would do is, you know, any, any one of those songs you think of from Californication starts off with like an iconic little guitar kind of noodling from, from him, you know, mm-hmm. fuck any of those songs. But anyway, yeah, good shit. Um, yeah, well, let's speak about some of the 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 the, the bad shit that's happening <laughs> in the world. Um, you know, we talked last week about the shooting in uh, Uvalde, uh, Texas, uh, at the that at the school where uh, uh, nineteen kids and I think three adults were killed. Uh, and you know, we, we talked. Uh, I don't. I feel like at the time we didn't even know the detail about how long the cops were waiting i don't think we no, had any of that when we, we were because that was we did like the day it happened i believe is when we talked about it yeah well we recorded um i think just maybe like an hour or two after, after we got the news or whatever and yeah. somebody even commented on our facebook page mm-hmm. they were like wow you must have recorded this pretty <laughs> pretty recently and yeah, i was yeah. like yeah yeah punctualities are kind of our thing um but yeah so yeah they, it took them um you know basically what an hour and a half it was like 77 minutes before they before they killed this guy um and it seems like they like the there was police that wanted to go in there right away and then they were ordered not to and apparently there was like 19 officers that were in the hallway right outside the door and despite the kids in the room calling 911 saying we're in the room with the shooter he's killing people please send somebody right now and the the 911 dispatch telling the police that they they still they were their commander was like oh i'm pretty sure he's just in there by himself and there's no harm anymore right which they knew was bullshit i mean there was just complete incompetence slash you know just you know this is again the the biggest the reason why cops should not exist in their current form (laughs) but no but i mean genuinely it's because they literally went this is like the one situation that people will always say yeah oh yeah well what if you're in a situation where there's a mass shooter and you need (laughs) well they don't want to fucking go in because they don't want to die because they realize that they're they have a there's a very good chance that they could be killed or seriously injured but that's literally this isn't a protester who's you know throwing a water bottle this is a guy who's got a fucking military gun right that's that's more hardware than they do like right (laughs) Right. so you know but again it's one guy they have a whole fuck they have a SWAT team this fucking small city has this fucking SWAT team and they eat up 40 percent of the municipal budget of Uvalde 
Um, but they refuse to go in because they're fucking pussies. They, this is the one right. job you signed up for. This is like well, literally your one utility to fucking right. decide. There is a video of police when they first got there that immediately started breaking windows and grabbing kids and pulling them out. It, was, it wasn't like they weren't trying to do anything. It's that at a certain point, somebody ordered them to stop and said, no, we're going to wait until this, you know, this happens, even though they were getting information saying you need to go in there immediately. So and they were was... waiting for fucking border patrol to show up. Like, right. Like, which is not even. <laughs> and then so border patrol, apparently, and this is again, their story like, they're like two hours from the fucking border. What the right. fuck are you? <laughs> and, and so, and you know, the story from the, the local Uvalde PD has changed so many times and it's probably why they're being investigated and uh, investigated and they're no longer uh, cooperating with the authorities, which is hilarious. That's, Cause even that's cops. The, right. Cops know that's, not to talk to That's the cops. big thing. Well, nobody knows not to talk to police better than the police. <laughs> right. Um, but I guarantee there's something, there's some big thing we don't know yet. Right. And I, I guarantee it's going to be in like eight months we find out that some of those kids got shot by police. And oh, that's right. why they 100%. stopped. And that's 100%. why they stopped. And they were like, uh, we need to hopefully let him make his he much- kills until he kills the rest of the kids that watch us shoot another kid. <laughs> he, so he takes like, out all the witnesses. Genuinely, for us. genuinely. I, I'm not even joking. I think that's, and I know you're not either, but I, I think that that's probably what happened because there's, that's the only thing that would neatly explain why they were so fucking, uh, ineffectual and why they literally let those kids sit in there with the shooter for an hour who didn't kill them all right away. And God only fucking knows what he did to those poor kids in that hour that he was sitting there and toying with them. Um, you know, and it literally was one classroom. He had him fucking hold up in one classroom. Um, right. I'm sure more kids would have died if they'd kicked the door in, but they wouldn't have all died. Like, I mean, they did able- eventually, but- they eventually kicked the door in and shot him. Right. They knew where, right where he was. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like they could have maybe, you know, prevented some of the kids that fucking got killed from getting killed. Right. And so, and there was also reports that when border patrol showed up, the the uh local Uvalde PD didn't told them not to go in and Border Patrol's like, Yeah, fuck you guys, we're going in. Like that yeah. there's lots of reports of just complete like well, nobody this, knows why these this guy was were this guy showed there. up at the school and he was shooting at people outside the school for twelve minutes before he even went in. Well he so what, yeah, he got past he a couple of fucking cops, like an, an a school resource officer, which by the way no, that would turn out to be a lie. That turned out to be a lie. They told. Oh, they, okay, so that, that was they one finally of their admitted other, there okay, was good. there was no school resource officer that he encountered outside the school. They, they, they literally said changed the story like twelve times. Somebody, I think the Washington Post documented <laughs> oh, it. It, it. It was it's like it's just it's hilarious. I'll tell you, uh, the, probably the best tweet I've seen about all this is you, you know I, I've never seen a fire. This is from uh, an account name uh, called uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, never saw a fireman stand outside a burning building because they were too scared to go in. Maybe. That's why there aren't any fuck the fire department. Songs. <laughs> right. I, I saw, I was like, that is in a nutshell, what the fuck is wrong with the cops is that, yeah, they, they just serve no useful functioning purpose in society. And the one thing that you in theory could make an argument of like, well, we need cops for this. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to go in there. Well, they don't fucking go in there anyway. I mean, the fucking, you probably were better off letting the fucking gun nut parents in Uvalde fucking go in there and, and oh save. The, and that's what happened. I mean, a Seriously. bunch of them, like you know actually got in at some point and saved their kids apparently a bunch of cops went and saved their kids at you know before they decided to not actually take action on the shooter and fucking there was like videos of these parents screaming at these cops like go in there what the fuck are you doing and like cops literally like tasering and like 
detaining right. fucking parents. Well, look, who are like, I can't go save your kids right now because now I have kid. I have to pepper spray you first. So it, you're preventing I, me from going in and stopping the shooter. And, and so th- this this headline, this is the fucking, yeah. you know, speaking of like just just giving everyone a gun and letting them figure shit out on their own, right? Uh, this is from KSDK.com, some local news affiliate and flyover country. Uh, three shot an incident at North St. Louis uh, County General Store. Gro- sorry, County, uh, County Grocery Store, St. Louis. Um, so the, the first line, uh, uh, gunman A is open carrying his rifle in the store. He is accosted outside by gunman B who robs gunman A of his rifle. Gunman A retrieves another gun from his car and fires at gunman B, who is struck. Gunman A flees. Unknown gunman C arrives and shoots gunman B, and then that gunman flees. So it's just like everyone showing up thinking that they're the, they're the fucking hero of the story and doesn't know what the fuck's been going on prior to that and then makes, you know, a huge, you know, error in judgment. Uh, and this just compounds and magnifies over and over and over. And I, and I loved it. This is the hilarious, most hilarious part about this. Maybe not the most hilarious part, but, you know, everyone, every time there's a mass shooting, everyone likes to say, what about Chicago? What about Chicago? I mean, what about Chicago? Yeah, we had 54 shootings this weekend, 10 of them fatal. Uh, we still, Chicago is not even in the top 25 deadliest cities for gun violence. Right. You know who is the number one city for gun violence? It's St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at the, if you look at the ranking for most amount of murders, Per one, per every one hundred thousand people, uh, they're like, I think they're like double what Chicago is or triple what Chicago is. Uh, Chicago is ranked number twenty seven, twenty seventh most violent city in the country. But everyone hears about it because we've got two point seven million people. We have an extremely dense city. <laughs> you know, we've got like, there's some areas like my neighborhood's got twenty five thousand people per square mile. It's also bordering Indiana where you can buy a gun probably in a fucking, you know, 7-Eleven. Like you probably oh, walk oh, yeah, yeah, no. buy it off the right. Re- like it's, you know, these these places, these states don't exist and cities don't exist in fucking vacuums. Like we're surrounded by states with with psychotic gun laws where, you know, I mean, this kid was fucking 18 years old and able to purchase, you know, the insane amount of fucking ammunition and these high on his birthday on his fucking he, he went birthday. and went and bought on his birthday which means that background check did not take very long no no right so again and, you know. and, and like i've said like I, I'm, I'm not i'm not one of these people that's like oh yeah we gotta ban all the guns gotta you know do whatever um it's but, part I mean, it's a big the, part of the background fucking check should take a long fucking time yeah. it should be like you know and again like he didn't have any mental health history or criminal history but like they need to look at more than just those things but because you can hide crazy no, it should be really fucking difficult to get a license for a gun. Like, it should be harder than almost any other. Like, you know, like, it, it should not be you You wait three days for a fucking background check. Like, you look at the way how restrictive yeah. it is in places like Japan. Like, you need, like, fu- like witnesses testifying to your, you know, <laughs> like, you, you need, like, a lot of shit. And it's like, yeah, it's really restrictive because there's very few people actually need a fucking gun. Like, and the reason most people in this country, quote unquote, need a gun is because everyone else in this country has a fucking gun. Like, that's the only reason, <laughs> right. you know, you like, if, 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 you know, if nobody had guns, we wouldn't need a bunch of fucking guns. But... So when I, I mentioned how, you know, how long my background check was for uh, getting security clearance to work at the State Department, but it was like, it, it wasn't just, you know, most jobs you got to put down everywhere you've worked for like the last seven to 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. And this, you had to do that. It wasn't just which jobs you wanted to present. It was like every single place you've worked, exact dates. Uh, and then you also had to include a witness 
for each job where they could independently verify that you'd actually worked there. And you had to do the same thing with every address you'd lived at. So you had, and they couldn't be the same people. You had to have a different person for each one who could, they could, they testify that you had actually lived there during those exact dates. Hmm. That's how, that's how fucking rigorous it is. Wow. And yeah, it's like, I actually struggled because some of those places I was like, I only lived in this place for a few months. And right. Like, I would like, I, I, I there was one place you know, I lived. I don't know who the fuck I would. Yeah. <laughs> My old landlord who I fucking got in an argument. Like, what am I going to Yeah, I mean, I had, I'd have like one apartment where I just lived in an area where I'd had, you know, tons of friends would come over and hang out. And then I have other places where I lived where. I didn't live it close to any of my friends and they, nobody came over. <laughs> it just right. depends. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's insane. I love, I love though. I love how much the, uh, uh, people that think they're on the left get tripped up when someone like Tim pool, um, reminds them that Mark said, uh, Karl Marx said, uh, don't give up the guns. The proletariat should not be disarmed because you realize how not on the left. Someone like Jane Conger is <laughs> right. And he had maybe the just like the funniest fucking tweet because it's it's not only just wrong, but it reveals so much about his fucking right wing brain. How right. he's he always says, "Well, I used to be a Republican, but now I'm you know like no, you still you are a Republican, and you are convinced yourself that like you're the left." Uh, and I'm just gonna read his tweet. He says, yeah, yeah. "I don't give a fuck what Karl Marx said." Ridiculous right wing stereotype uh, stereotypes aside, only a tiny minority of the left are Marxists. I'm not one of them. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Marx Marx also didn't live in a world as crazy as America is today, where we allow our children to be massacred on a regular basis. It, it's it literally it's it's the fucking it's the meme the line from Star Wars. <laughs> Amazing. Every single word of you that you just said is not true. <laughs> right. Right. Like literally all of that shit's like, not true. But where, where, where do we even start on this? Um, d- does he know? Does he know what we did to kids back when Karl Marx was alive? <laughs> right. We, we literally were sending armies out across the West to massacre children. Right. We, we were in we we were enslaving black children. You you born a slave. You're just born and like oh shit. I have to go to work. I'm a slave now. Uh, even even all across Europe, child labor, kids working in factories where they got their arms and, and legs chopped off by machinery. You know, and it's he. Like, well, that's why he doesn't he, give a fuck what Marx said because Marx also said like, hey, pay your employees a fair fucking wage. And we know he doesn't do that. We know he's a fucking union busting piece of shit. So of course he doesn't like Karl Marx. Yeah, Marx fucking- also wrote endlessly about ending about the emancipation of black people from slavery in this country. And apparently, Jenks not on board with that because Jenks not a Marxist. He wants everyone to know that also but the you know, majority of leftists. He's a fucking no. He's not intellectually he's a fucking meathead. Which, Somebody that sure of themselves is not intellectually curious curious enough to go, hey, maybe I should read some Marx and right. figure, find out that like I might actually agree with a bunch of the shit that he says. Right. Um, but if, even if he did, he probably would reject it and just like, you know, convince himself like, oh, no, this is I, I have to find a reason why I'm more to the right of, of this uh, <laughs> just doubles down on, on his radical centrism. But the idea that he thinks that, you know, only a tiny minority of the left are Marxists. I, I, I you do a poll of any random group of people that call themselves leftists, and you're going to find ah, I bet about 90 percent of them would say, yeah, I'll call myself a Marxist. Why wouldn't you 
Like, list one thing that you disagree with him about. Well, and that's the other thing is like, I'm sure like, even if they wouldn't call themselves a Marxist, I'm sure they would call themselves a socialist or I'm sure they would, I de- they would agree if you said like, this is what Marx believed in. This is what, right. you know, what Marxists or read, communists believe in. Read some fucking in, like, theory, nerds. Read right. some fucking theory. It's like, just, they, 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 they don't go anything past, you know, just, just the, the, the Noam Chomsky anti-communist left intellectual bullshit. And they don't look at any of the conditions that have led to communist revolutions, things like slavery, uh, things like famine brought well, about this... by royal families. Well, well with Jank with Uger's sort of progressivism, there's a an undercurrent of uh, American exceptionalism. And that's something that's Always. in there. And, 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 you know, just imperialist, uh, uh, you know, apologia, which is never going to jive with actual Marxism, actual communism. And that's not even something if they did read that they would ever go to that. They, they always stop short of that because then they'd have to, you know, th- that would just rearrange their entire worldview. Like that that's, you know, I mean, we, we, everyone saw what a fucking maniac, like out of his mind, terrified of, of Ruski's hiding under his fucking, his anchor desk. Jank was like in, in, you know, 2016 with the fucking Russia shit. Like he just, it, it broke his fucking brain. And people like that of that age, especially grew up in a generation where they had it beaten to their fucking heads that, that the Ruskies were coming and they were going to nuke everybody and that they're, they're these awful, like that, that they're, they're just as bad as the Nazis. Like that was the biggest fucking immediate switch, switch flip that, that happened in the post-World War II well, reconstruction era is like, we need hilarious. to make the Russians seem like they were the ones aligned <laughs> with the Nazis, even though they're the ones that beat the fucking Nazis and were diametrically opposed to them right. ideologically like that's well that it's, was- it's hilarious though because you know you look at the the ukraine shit and it's like oh the communists are as bad as the nazis but you're praising and supporting the nazis so that does that mean that you are praising and supporting russia too because if they're as bad as them that so this this is you know it's it's today's june 1st and it's pride month month and um goddamn queer capitalism is back with a vengeance say, yeah. <laughs> fucking rainbow capitalism um queer imperialism it's so this is this is headline from uh and it's not just here that does this it's the whole western world from uh, metro uk uh headline is we're fighting for our culture gay couple head to front lines together and it's got a ukraine flag and and a little rainbow flag together and then the picture for the headline is literally you cannot find a picture of a ukrainian soldier without a fucking nazi symbol on (laughs) It's fucking gay, gay Ukrainian troop with the fucking Sonograd, uh, black sun, yeah. black sun symbol on his arm. Yeah. It, it's just, it's like, they don't even fucking, like, <laughs> they don't nobody, even try. nobody there, nobody there tell you that that's a fucking Nazi symbol or do you just not care? They don't care. What, what, which is it? This which is, is literally it? the, 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 the 60 year project of the U S you know, war machine has been whitewashing that. I mean, we literally had fucking Nazis, Working on the, the the fucking the 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 rockets after you know post World War Two so that we could beat Russia to fucking space like they 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 right. brought them in immediately they didn't bring they the did that, they in. did that too they did that too everyone was was carving up what they could from from Germany but, yeah, but we and then, I mean, and then fu- this tweet you know. this fucking tweet today hashtag Pride Month hashtag USMC that's the United States Marine Corps. And their tweet was, throughout June, the USMC takes hashtag pride in recognizing and honoring the contributions of our LGBTQ paid assassins. I'm sorry, service members. We remain committed to fostering an environment free from discrimination 
and defend the values of treating all people equally with dignity and respect. Literally, and their motto is born to kill. When the worst part of that is the picture that accompanies it is an army helmet. L- looks exactly like the helmet from the movie poster of a fucking... Uh, full metal jacket. Full metal jacket. And it's literally got six bullets on it, and the tips of the bullets are different <laughs> colors of the fucking rainbow. You could not make a fucking worse parody than this. And somebody tweeted, like, isn't that the part of the bullet that kills people? Isn't that the part that explodes? Like it's literally looks like a like a Crayola setup, but it's it's fucking bullets. It's bullets. bullets, But it's rainbow bullets. Listen, when we kill you in your country, we will try to shoot you with as many fucking Ellen DeGeneres uh, signed bullets as possible. Okay, so that we're all we're all committing war crimes equally here. All right. So and the other really funny fucking tweet today was from the official Pinkerton account, you know, the the private security firm that that for over a century is <laughs> that's, that's known for murdering union workers. Right. Yeah. They, they've literally been employed to fucking murder uh, trade unionists who are trying to strike for like not, you know. D- miserable fucking working conditions. Uh, Pinkerton is proud to support and actively recruit and hire from within the LGBTQIA plus community, including but not limited to actively seeking full and part-time candidates through national and international hiring forums that connect employers with the LGBT uh, LBGT. No, they fucked it up. Okay. That's why <laughs> my brain didn't process it. LGBTQ plus talent. Um <laughs> It, you know, I always like knew that the term Pinkerton, but I did never knew until recently there was an actually Same, a company right. called that. Like you literally called your company that, and they didn't like, do change. You fucking no, they didn't have the shame like like fucking Blackwater to rebrand as like Z or whatever the fuck they were. I mean, they're black back to Blackwater now because you know everything. They, uh, it, shame it didn't work. Right, it didn't work. <laughs> but um, but no, they didn't even have the shame to fucking change it to something else and pretend it's not the same company that like literally fucking was hired by the worst fucking, you know, human rights abusing psychopaths in the world to murder union, like striking union workers. Yeah, they're still called the Pinkertons. Man, I, I just, yeah. So yeah. I saw this meme back back to the school shooting a, l- a little bit. You know how they're, you know, back right to that cheery stuff. The right, the right wing loves the, the fucking Punisher logo uh-huh. and any way they can incorporate like the blue lives. Anyways, anyway, so this is a meme and it's, it's a, uh, it's a skull with the uh, Blue Lives Matter America flag superimposed behind it. <clears throat> and then like a sort of generic uh, sort of border of what like what you'd see on like a dollar bill around the president's face or whatever. And then two uh, M16 slash AR-15s flanking that. <laughs> and the top line reads, listen up, liberals. And then the next line says, active shooters are fucking scary. The next line says, if my kids need to die to protect the cops, and the last line says, then that's fine by me. <laughs> oh, oh, God. God. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so when we we actually had an audio clip that we were, we were going to play because um, it's not actually in this clip, but Ted Cruz weighed in, uh, and apparently the problem it, you know, of course, like, you know, we talk about the, the feckless fucking left wing. It actually is in the clip. It's a, okay, it's a okay. little clip of Ted Cruz and then uh, a a resounding endorsement of what Ted Cruz had to say from uh, a friend of the show, or at least he would be if he knew us. Uh, Brent, <laughs> Brent Terhune. Terhune? Is that yeah. how you say his name? Uh, it's close enough. Yeah. All right. All right. Just let it roll. Yeah, we'll let it roll. You want to talk about how we could have prevented the horror that played out across the street? 
Look, the killer entered here the same way the killer entered in Santa Fe. Through a back door. You know, I'm absolutely sick and tired of this shit. You know that? This country's got a problem, and it seems like nobody wants to talk about it. Well, I guess I'm the one with the balls to talk about it then. Because we got a door problem in this country. <laughs> and to those of you saying, oh, this is not the time to be talking about doors. Why do you got to politicize doors? Well, we can't even string two or three days together in this country where a door doesn't hurt somebody. We need common sense door reform, and we need it now. You can't hurt people in a place if there are no doors to get in that place. Get rid of all of them. That's what I say. Restaurants, malls, movie theaters, schools, stores, sporting events, concerts, work, home, school, churches. And you know what they say, when God closes the door, he opens the window, so we might as well get rid of them too. Car doors. Automatic doors, semi-automatic doors, revolving doors. What what do you need all that door for? Revolving door. Our forefathers couldn't even fathom a door like that when they wrote the Constitution. <laughs> knock, knock jokes. They got to go. Three's Company theme song, It's Got to Go. And yes, even doors on the radio. Sorry, Jim Morrison, but you got to go too. And all those politicians that are in the the pocket of all these door companies, shame on you. Shame on you. If it weren't for people like you, we could end all this and we could be safe. Short of a, a goddamn Kool-Aid man bursting through the wall, but you people don't care about Kool-Aid, do you? No. You're too busy drinking it. <laughs> so fucking good. I'm so glad he finally good. got over his, his horrific hacking cough at the end of every video. I guess he's in between bouts of COVID right now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, eventually the ivermectin will work just by you know <laughs> killing every fucking fiber of your lung cells. Um, <clears throat> I actually, I, re I just read something, um, some, some medical article saying, you know, like, w apparently people have been wondering why so many lifelong smokers never get lung cancer. And they, they the study basically found that um, at a certain point, your body, like your, your genes start altering to better fight cancerous cells. <laughs> so it's like, uh, you better never stop smoking because that's the thing that'll make your body stop fighting off the cancer. <laughs> there was a great, um, there was a great Stephen King book about that. Cause or like a, like a novella or whatever. And like one of his, his collections where it was like, you, yeah, you, you like anytime you like, like it's it was sort of a riff on they live where like a bunch of fucking like like bat face people like took over the fucking the world and like government and everything and like you only saw it if you were like a smoker who like stopped smoking and then like start like like it was some weird thing but it basically was like him being like get off my fucking back to his wife about telling him to quit smoking and it was like the guy who saves the world is like some guy who like like you know continues to smoke because it fucking protects right. him from the it was just a funny uh funny fucking story <clears throat> back in his like real you know like cocaine stephen king days which are the real oh, good yeah. shit those yeah that's where you get the real fucking good stephen king shit but um for sure yeah. So and so just and just yeah. So Ted Cruz's big solution was less doors because that's always worked out uh, 
fucking awesome when you create a funnel. <laughs> that's hey, that's actually I, what you want in a mass shooting is the one fucking I mean, door for him to stand in front of and bow everyone when down. When you accidentally slam your fingers in a door, like that, that's fucking dangerous. And I, I guarantee no one's ever slammed their finger in a gun before. <laughs> right? That's just not a not a daily kind no, of not worry a thing that for happens. Me. No. Um yeah, no. Actually my, my grandfather um lost a finger while he was cleaning a gun. The gun went off. Oh, jeez. Had, had a round in the chamber and blew his finger off. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So uh, people have actually, also lost if like getting really fucked up when the slide, like if you're cleaning it and the slide snaps back on you, like it's yeah, guns oh, yeah. are fucking dangerous. Like they're really well, fucking in this, dangerous. You know, I mean, the thing with, with Alec Baldwin shot this woman and killed her and the bullet went clean through her and hit somebody else. And people were like, that, you know, why did he do that it's like like people don't realize how often guns really do misfire yeah they're really fucking dangerous it's like i mean uh, uh, even like if the safety's on then yeah it's not going to misfire but if the safety's off that gun can just go off at any time you can go on youtube and watch video after video of people you know making like uh you know trying to look tough on their phone videos and the gun just fucking goes off and they're they're horrified because they didn't they're like i didn't pull the trigger what the fuck just happened like it's a little tiny bomb right in a tiny little chamber, and you know nothing Too much is jostling. Perfect. Will literally set like can literally set it off. Could like, it could right? Could, it, and right. it's you know it's it's not like it's a thing where you have a margin of error. Like it's going to shoot <laughs> right. a, a piece of fucking metal, piece of lead at thousands of miles per hour <laughs> out of a little fucking tube right. designed to and, do maximum damage to whatever right. it comes into contact with. So so the idea that like you know this <laughs> that. Uh, you know, look, we, we talk about this. Like, I don't think Alec Baldwin meant to shoot. No, those I don't people. think so either. Of course, <laughs> those, not. Are the, those people were making his movie for him. His That's... only negligence maybe came in the fact that he was a producer and like he, you know, they, they had apparently very lax, uh, yeah. safety on the set like that, that, that he could be responsible for, but the right. actual physical. Well, I, I also blame him for, uh, you know, ignoring the safety concerns of his union employees who walked off set and well, he was well, right. Like, the show must go on. Safety be damned. Right. Exactly. That's, uh, and it that's sounds his like real his, negligence. Yeah. It sounds like his mm-hmm. prop master slash gun wrangler, too, was also did not have the required experience because, I mean, like literally the reason why it's so horrifying. We talked about this before is that it almost never fucking happens. Right. The last time somebody was shot and killed on a movie set was, you know, like 30 years ago. Yeah. 1994. The fucking and like, I mean, just think about how many, you know scenes of movies have guns going off in them it's tens of thousands of movies have been made in that time that have guns in them and this hasn't happened so like you know i think for the most part people think that you know there would never be live ammunition on a on a set and i i don't know why there would be other than that like they said they have live ammunition because in their downtime they would go shoot guns for real right for, for fun fucking stupid. Um. <laughs> which is like why why would you why would that be like a on-set uh, entertainment activity and they do use live ammunition at times when you're like when you want to show something getting like shot up in the back or like there's there's times i'm sure on the set that's where they use it are for that's what squibs are for so you have a little Squ- tiny controlled are, demolition squibs are more like for showing a person getting hit they're they're more difficult to show like 
the impact of a bullet on like a wooden fucking saloon door. You know what I mean? Like I'm CGI that shit. Then what, I, know, what I we, agree. I'm I mean, just saying, I think this is their think their ruining movies with CGI. I'm pretty sure you can CGI some bullet holes and they're going to look just as real as I don't know. Fucking... But, but also just don't fucking cut corners. Is the, I mean, at this, you know, we've yeah. gone, you know, so many listen, years. Without listen that to being... your union workers when right. it comes to safety concerns. You, if they walk off set, there's a reason you don't just go get more people. Right. And like carry nobody, on. Nobody fucking died on the set of T2. And I'm sure there was, a, you know, a metric fuck ton of ammunition spent on that. fucking. Oh, actually, the, there was a scene that um, they wouldn't shoot. It was when the helicopter flies under the overpass. They they said it was too dangerous. And uh, apparently Cameron had to shoot it himself. Like the cat. Oh, he was actually the camera operator for it. Apparently. That's fucking. But yeah, they, they said this is too dangerous and we don't want to be on this camera rig that close to the helicopter because if those blades hit and that helicopter goes flying we don't we don't think this is safe and well like, i mean and at least he didn't make you. them do it on like his fucking pal john landis who killed two people because of his <laughs> right. fucking psychosis right and lack of well you know i mean we, we know what a fucking uh perfectionist mm-hmm. lunatic cameron can be on set um i mean there's a whole documentary about how oh, he's badly like a the terror the, yeah yeah i mean the, 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 sigourney weaver had to save the production of aliens from not being finished because the crew was just like it's tea time we're not working <laughs> and Cameron was like, uh, the fuck you are. And they're right. like, you don't know how it works here, do you? Right. Um, you, you, that's this is what happens when you shoot in the UK. Like you just did. This is a thing. Like you don't get to fucking tell right. us like, to, well, and, for and them, appara- I mean. apparently Sigourney Weaver was like, but j- just, just watch his other movies. They're really good. And they were just like, no, he's American. <laughs> like like it, you, you haven't watched his other movies. You kind of probably should if you're, you know, but right, you know, well, it was, also your household name yet. Right. Right. But I mean, fuck alien. I mean, Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, and Terminator, well, was, I think, come really, out already. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But Terminator, could the first Terminator come out at that point? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think when you're, you know, when you're the you're the crew and you're being bossed you're, around you're, by you're a foreigner, you're kind of like, I, now I really don't want to watch your movie because you're a fucking jerk. Well, so um, <laughs> just just and just as a funny aside, well, not funny, but uh, a, a, a typical aside as to, you know, how the Biden administration is handling this this tragedy, um. He 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 went and visited Uvalde uh, a couple days ago, and uh, this is for, from a, a, a member of the press corps. Uh, just before Biden got in his car to leave Rob Elementary, the crowd started yelling at him, "Do something!" and "We need change." The president stopped, looked right at them, and gave them a thumbs up. <laughs> there you go. It's <laughs> it's it's literally the Mister Show sketch where the the president just you know doesn't know what to say and the president's name is guy whitey cornbread and he's just like you know thumbs up gets in his limo and drives away like there you go did my job and i I mean and again you know we talked all about what a fucking useless piece of shit he he was going to be as president i don't even think we could have foreseen just how feckless this like like not even passing shit that they want to pass like there's just no this is the most lame i mean he was a lame duck from the fucking moment that he won the nomination for the democratic nominate like he just had no desire to do anything he was literally just put there to stop bernie sanders and they were like yeah we're just gonna punt for four years like we have no desire to do literally anything with this fucking power that we've been handed so i have a headline here from politico it's just a couple of days old. Uh, Biden sees exodus of black staffers and some frustration among those who remain. 
just a couple paragraphs, at least 21 black staffers have left the White House since last year or are planning to leave soon. I mean, that that's like, I don't know if people know how many people work actually in the White House, but it's, it's not a huge amount. I mean, it's, it's not that many. Yeah, it's not a very big building. It's not big. One. I mean, maybe 100. Like, I, I would be shocked if it was more like, than 200. I, I would be surprised if there were 21 black staffers total. Right, right. Along right, just that right. many who were left. Um, some of those who remain say it's no wonder why. They describe a work environment with little support from their supervisors and fewer chances for promotion. The departure uh, departures have been so pronounced that according to one current and one former White House official, some black aides have adopted a term for them. Blacksit. <laughs> like like Brexit, but Blacksit. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, back, maybe back to the this drawing board on that one doesn't really quite flow as well, but I get, uh, I get the intent. I get yeah. the intent. <laughs> so there, I got a quote here from... Oh, so a quote here from White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, who we all know they picked for uh, reasons. The uh, quote, the president is incredibly proud to have built what continues to be the most diverse White House staff in history. And he is committed to continuing historic representation for black staff and all communities. She said, this is a normal time for turnover across the board in any administration. And black staff have been promoted a higher rate than staff who are not diverse. Which is like a really clumsy way of saying, right? A weird, like black. a right. Also, like a weird, like you maybe like, shouldn't d- say diversity. That. Like, mean like, diversity means everybody. It's not like oh, you, you're not diverse, <laughs> right? He's, who don't who he's don't diverse? Check. You're not diverse. Has to be more than one person. It, I can't. It, I, I'm not. I am not diverse or diverse in and of my single self. Nobody is. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like right. It's it just and again, it just shows that they have no actual. You know. Uh, there's no desire for actual diversity and diversity of opinions and diversity of, of staff there. They just love to be able to check a box and use that as a cudgel whenever anyone criticizes them for literally anything. It's, it's because a the terrible wordsmithing a, too. Right. It, like you're the White House press secretary and you came up with a sentence like that. This is, but this is the same press secretary that literally when she was asked, like, is Biden going to do anything about the cops, uh, like do any kind of investigation federally uh, that started defending cops and like talking about why we need cops. Like that was her first instinct upon being asked about the fucking hapless moron fucking Barney Fife Uvalde police department um, was to was to talk about how fucking awesome cops are so you oh, know yeah the first uh first press statement they did they had this guy come out and he said you know we're all family men here um <clears> you know <throat> b- because i'm here in this town this is i don't know if he was a state trooper or whatever so he's like because i'm in this town tonight because of the shooting i can't say good night to my kids tonight i can't see my kids tonight it was like you can't see your kids your kids are fucking alive, you piece of shit. Right. You probably <laughs> went in and fucking pulled them out and then left everyone else's kid to fucking get, you know, I, just, just turned just, into Swiss just cheese. The, the hubris of that. I mean, like, I know that you had this town struggling because of, you know, uh, the fact we let 19 children die. But what about me and my kids who are perfectly fine and alive, you know, two towns over that I don't get to see today? Think about that. Fucking absolute <laughs> psychopath. But they're yes. literally fucking psychopaths. Like, they have no idea what psychos they sound like but that's literally it's just like a total mask off moment because they just have no capability to to you know see outside of their own fucking experiences but you know it is what it is um yeah so i you know i think we we uh hit what we wanted to hit pretty much for this uh 
this yeah i had one more thing oh yeah here's here's uh this is another local thing this is one of our um one of our aldermen or in this case alder women in um in chicago alderman is like city councilor and we have 50 52 Mm -hmm. of them i don't know 52 states whatever and she got a letter in the mail today uh, from the Chicago Housing Authority. And she has a screenshot of the letter and she, her tweet says, I first applied for an affordable housing voucher in 1993. I finally got a call back in 2004 to tell me my son who just graduated high school couldn't be on my lease. Oh, today in 2022, I finally got a letter telling me I made it to the top of the waiting list. I have no words. 30, 30 <sighs> fucking years, 29 years to get a letter to let you know that you're finally on the waiting list for a housing voucher. Well, you know, but people wonder why fucking people are, you know, <laughs> living in destitution. And, and, and like to, that's, to be, the you know, social services we have in this fucking country. And it sat in a pile for 10 years in, in 2004. They tell her that you, you you're ineligible because your son lives with you. Which is also that, like that's, really like what the fuck? Like, yeah, no, this, I mean that's this, the that's the shit they did at Pruitt Igo in St. Louis back in the fifties when they wanted to split up black families and said that they weren't allowed to have affordable homes if the father lived with them. <laughs> right, and then they would complain like, "Oh, well, where where all these black fathers are abandoning their family?" Like it's just yeah, yeah it's literally, literally like trying to, trying to 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 take the father out of the. <clears throat> it was like it was like a social experiment and see like let's see how you know bad we can make philanthropy into a situation that'll make public housing, you know, be feared by racist white people for the rest of eternity. Right. And you, you've of, seen, what was it? What was that show about uh, Yonkers? Um, uh, show me a hero. I, I was, I almost said we own the city, but yes, it's show me a hero. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. that, a lot of that. With, just, just people losing their fucking minds at the idea that like poor black people might have a home. <laughs> right. Just like the, the, and it was, it was, Liberals and conservatives, just to show on their ass, just showing their fucking racism blatantly. And yeah, very good show. Oscar Isaac, probably the best actor I think he's ever done. I like I forget right. that it's him when I watch it. It's, and um, it's a shame because he actually is a really good fucking actor and he's he's kind of gotten, you know, <laughs> he's stuck gotten in this fucking you know of just doing Marvel Star Wars Disney crap. Right. Um I mean he he's good in that Moon Knight show, but he's, like well, overall, the thing is like th- that those yeah. those things are good when they're like, you know, when they bring in these top level talents and people like Ethan Hawk, but again, I'd rather watch them do almost anything else. Like, like, yeah, they, they make these shows better, but you know, Ethan Hawke's a fucking generational talent and he's, you know, I, and he I, wasn't even that great in that show either. I was just, I felt like he was right. underused just kind of like, Hey, we need a really safe, bland, boring villain that you're going to forget about uh, immediately. But it's really fucked up in that new, did you see the trailer for that new like horror thriller movie? He's in the black phone. No, I haven't seen him or heard anything about that before. He, he basically, I think he just plays this fucking like weird guy who like abducts kids and like locks them in a room with a fucking. Oh, maybe I did see that. It, it, yeah, I did see I, that. I don't like I, movies like, like that. I forgot about it because it didn't seem like the kind of thing that I thought he would be good in. I mean, um, I, plus, I just, I don't like horror. Like the things that are scary to me are like existential dread type stuff. Um, why well, find that know. shit like that? Like too scary. Like that movie, A Room. Like I, I really don't like like abduction like oh like like saw movies well no not even torture i mean that i i hate that shit anyway but that's just because i find it lazy but the but like the actual like even like um 
like 10 Cloverfield Lane. I found that to be like a really harrowing movie. I just don't like, you know. That's the one with John Goodman in the bunker right. underground, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so like, you, you say you didn't like that? No, I, I liked it, but I don't like, ah. like it, it's effective because I don't like watching those types of situations. Like it's very mm. harrowing to me when somebody's in that sort of like, not just captivity, but like an extra like extra judicial captivity where it's like there's literally no fucking hope of anyone even knowing that you're here let Mm. alone you know what i mean i find that to be very like right well it's also the subjective nature of it where it never cuts away to anything else so you are completely you were there with them like that's right that's the effectiveness of it but that no that that movie was fucking great um but i i just well it's 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 like the thing is you know we we have such adoration for john goodman as a as a country that we're like this can't end that badly because it's like we still see him as like a big fucking soft teddy bear right right Right. um he does a good job he does a good job of like making you still be afraid of him though but at the end of the day you're like yeah but actually he was right and there's a bunch of fucking aliens (laughs) coming to you know spoiler for that movie but yeah yeah, yeah. Um, which I liked. I know a lot of people didn't like that ending, but I like w- movies that change the genre in the last five minutes. <laughs> like I, I, you know, you could still appreciate oh. the movie before it and then be like, Oh fuck, yeah. this is awesome. Like what an interesting yeah. way to end it. Well, so the, I mean, I always come back to this movie, but one of the films I love that, uh, you know, it has a little bit of gore in it, but more of it's just psychological is annihilation. Yeah. You know? Cause like you, you, there's only like a couple of scenes of the outside world and it's like you know the ambulance gets pulled over right but but besides that you're you're really locked into you know like you don't see any mass media about like this event going on right and and anytime you don't show mass media about a like a world changing event in a movie it's it it's disturbing in a way because there's so many movies where like it'll cut to like what the news is showing and it's like well as long as the whole world's you know aware of this together We'll get through it somehow. And when you don't show that, when you keep it, com- you know, purely just here's what the protagonist is is seeing, and there is no outside world. It's very suffocating and confining. It makes you feel trapped as an audience member. And and that I mean, th- basically, the movie is about confronting your own death or confronting the fact that like you know when you die, you'll turn into other life forms or some kind of metamorphosis against your will, no matter what you do. Right. And, and that is really existentially terrifying, right. you know, if you're not somebody who is, uh, you know, aware or willing to accept it. You know, like, you know, you're watching nature movies and you see like, you know, baby turtle gets born and then immediately gets fucking eaten by a seagull and killed. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, God damn, that must suck. But then you, I'll think about that for a moment. I'm like, yeah, but like every molecule in my body has been some other fucking animal that died or was eaten by another animal at some point. Like I literally that's happened to me over right. and over and over for millions of years. Right. <laughs> I've been that turtle. Be- and I don't mean like, you know, and it's, uh, it's hard to reincarnation kind of way. Just like literally that's you're going to die and microbes are going to eat your body. There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> right. And then whenever you watch those shows, too, you're like, you always see like the gazelles, like, ch- you know, being chased by the lions. You're like, oh, shit, hopefully they get away. But then it, then you're like, oh, but then the lion's going to start. It, it's just really. Yeah. The oh, I know. Actual nature is very it, it's not like we we're so outside of nature we have no concept of how fucking outside of nature and the food chain and all shit like that that we actually are like versus i started watching this uh new uh prehistoric planet series used to be on discovery channel like 20 years ago and this new one's on apple plus oh yeah i wanted to watch that that was the one with with, uh david attenborough and i mean the animation looks so fucking good and they 
it, it's like it doesn't look like animation. It, it right. just looks like they went out and filmed dinosaurs, and right. it's way more accurate. And that, like you know, a lot of these dinosaurs have feathers, and they look more like birds than than dinosaurs. But right. like the opening scene is a T Rex swimming in the ocean with its babies. And I didn't know how badly I needed to see a swimming T-Rex. <laughs> right. Uh, and they present the whole thing not as like, well, scientists believe that, that this is this. They present it as just so it is a nature documentary of animals that exist today. It's all like all the dialogue is written in the present tense. The same way that they do planet Earth, right? Like you're literally exactly. just watching a scene unfold, which is exactly. Which, yeah, that's, and that's awesome. I, I mean, the only thing that you don't get to have is you don't get like I don't show David Attenborough like getting down and petting one of the dinosaurs, <laughs> like, laying down on the lemur pile with them or anything. You don't get to have that, unfortunately. It would be too um, close to the fucking I mean, they they basically that, you know, John Hammond in Jurassic Park is just David Attenborough. <laughs> I mean, that's they literally were just like, let's just let's just turn that into a fictional billionaire right. who fucking right. um but no that's great i gotta watch that for sure yeah well and they and, they, and the dinosaur, there's dinosaurs like up in the snow and shit too which i'm yeah. i'm like but they're cold blood how can they do that and they just kind of they don't really address it but but, I think but i'm just, sure there were some species that you know like it, it's just that's the interesting oh, yeah. you just we all picture them a certain way because of the way they've been fictionalized but like yeah i mean but it, yeah it, but as they started evolving and growing feathers that kept them warmer right so you would you would see this transition where they're, they're carving more areas and, and again they didn't always have feathers that was more towards the end of the whatever period that was you know more not, like not actually five million years ago right. uh not 150 million years ago but um nice scene, I think, maybe. it's just you know it, it's it looks better than anything's ever looked with dinosaurs in it they, cool. they, you know and, and also using shallow depth of field too works really well to you know, because when everything's in focus, things look fake because to your naked eye, nothing is always in focus. Right. Almost nothing is ever in focus. Unless you're like standing on top of a mountain looking out across, you know, 50 miles of, of open. And really land. nothing is actually in focus when you're doing that. It's just your your view is in focus. But if you try to focus on one particular object, you wouldn't be able to actually right. zero in on it because like if, you, if you hold your hand up in front of you as you're on top of the mountain and focus on your hand suddenly everything else is out of focus right right, right. so they do they do a lot of really good uh shell depth of field in the cgi nice. to make it look more real because you know jurassic park stuff like they shot it in such a way where every you want they're trying to show everything at all times everywhere that was just how they were doing it back then and they did a good job I the first the, for it, the most part it looks i mean no no movie in that franchise has ever looked as good as the first one because they actually because cgi kind of sucked back then and they actually had to build a fucking t-rex that they for could lot, use, yeah, use yeah. To, to tear through the fucking well and they the also Jeeps. shot it in uh 185 instead of um you two, know two, two, three, two five. three five because yeah. they wanted the dinosaurs to look tall Right. And to do that, they wanted to have a taller aspect ratio than the right. rest of them. They shot, um, you know, much wider. And also just, you know, it's the only one that Spielberg actually directed himself. Right. And he and- understands <laughs> how to do that to capture the actual fucking wonder of that versus everyone yeah. else who just used it as like a movie monster. And, and right. Like, and yeah. he's and he's got the John Williams score, which is iconic, which, you know, he he also knew, you know, when not to use score. Right. Any score music. And when the T-Rex flips over the fucking SUVs and is crushing it and the kids are screaming that whole like 15 minute sequence, there is no music. Right. You're whatsoever. just hearing the rain and the fucking roars. Right. And the metal crunch. It's amazing. So it's and, amazing. And without any music to tell you that it's, you know, dangerous or it's going to be OK or safe. You're just like you're just left with your own fear. It's brilliant. That was, I, I think I was maybe like it was when i first watched that movie when i was like 12 or 13 yeah. i don't remember how old i was but i distinctly remember 
noticing that there wasn't music in that scene and that's what made the scene so much more tense to me and that's what i think when i was kind of like started in, i was just at the age where i was starting to notice different you know director techniques or things they were doing and, uh to to manipulate your emotions basically right um whereas you know earlier than that you wouldn't really notice a thing like that but right yeah all right well, anyway i got a yeah. planet apple plus go watch it it's good check it out but yeah so that yeah i think that wraps us up for tonight but um yeah uh, definitely check out uh check out the show give us a uh, rating uh review wherever you get your podcasts rate us good too yeah (laughs) a good rating i should specify not a bad rating. uh if you have a bad rating keep that shit to yourself uh follow us on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash move left facebook.com slash move left idiots uh patreon.com slash move left i am on twitter at move underscore left uh and i'm on twitter at bike slutty yeah we'll see you next week mom and dad went to a show they dropped me off at grandpa joe's i kicked and screamed so please grandma take me home grandma take me home